You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 14 says, my son, he says, or daughter will eat honey, and then he says, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be to thy soul when you are found it. There shall be a reward and your expectation shall not be cut off. So some things are a product of wisdom. And I'll explain. Some you need the direct action of the Holy Spirit in power to get it done. When Dockers died, Peter was called. Peter knelt before the bed of Dockers, and the Bible says he prayed. And after he had prayed, all right, that's Acts 9, put it to verse 39. And after he had prayed, he rose up. And then said, all right, arose, went with them and came there. And verse 40, it now tells us, they put them all out, knelt down. Now he was receiving that substance and prayed and then turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, I say unto thee, arise. So he released that substance. Now if, if Peter prayed, God heard the prayer of Peter and Peter didn't say anything to her, nothing would have happened. It's just like money being deposited, 80 million into your account, and you don't write a check or make a transfer, that car is not coming in. To the person that owns the car, you are no different from the person that doesn't have the money until the transfer is made. Do you understand what I'm saying? If Jesus never said, Lazarus, come forth, Lazarus would have been there. God answered his prayer. Now, some of you have come to the point where the substance entered into you, but you didn't know what to do. You arrived at that point where a deposit was made on the inside. Even if it wasn't the full deposit, partial deposit, and God wanted to start using it, but you didn't know what to do. You are waiting for things to change on the outside. Do you get what I'm saying? Say, why? Instead of saying, Tabitha, arise, you are saying, why hasn't she gotten up? But we prayed. What you are saying to her, is wrong. What we have called confession of faith is actually confession of hope, through which we anchor our soul to the truth and bind it because faith is always a prophetic utterance. I've gone and check it in scripture. It is always speech that is directed at something to produce the manifestation of something you have in your heart. So say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world is a confession of hope. To tell the storm, I say unto thee, peace, is a prophetic utterance. Bible says, prophesy according to your proportion of faith. It is prophetic. You speak to things. All right? So here that was. Now, but let's give an example here. When the flood was coming, God warned Noah. Noah spent time building an ark. The Bible says that he might save his house, which is his family. So God can come through to you and show you things, and he does this in the faith walk. Understand this. Divine healing is by power. Divine health is by wisdom. Do you get what I'm saying? Long life is by wisdom. Raising a dead is by power. So live 70 years and you are strong and you are healthy and all of that and you are still at your old age, you have practiced wisdom. 
So God showed Noah and said, look, this is coming. And Noah began to prepare. So it's like God knowing that, look, you can perceive it, that the way people are behaving, there's going to be judgment that will come on this earth. And then a person begins to put certain things in place. Just like Joseph, he was putting 10% aside in a time of abundance, all right, because there was going to be a trigger. And by the time, it, that's an act of faith. He was, he was operating in faith. That's wisdom. So by the time, all right, there was famine, he already had something laid in store that he could trade with. So when God says that you will leave an inheritance for your children's children, many people are thinking it's just going to be power. Somebody just get going and give you everything. No, no, no. It's wisdom. So God can show you something now, a place where you can go and buy land. And you take what you have and buy. And by the time your children, listen to me, they become billionaires on that property. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, you don't wait and think that, well, how am I going to pay my students' school fees? By power. Uh, but they're going to go to Harvard. They'll go to Oral Roberts University. You can see from day one, this thing costs $100,000. Now, you may have had in your life times where there was a surge of finances, and God did that to give you loose cash to be able to invest in things that in 15 years' time, without prayer, you'll be paying fees. But then you spend everything, and when that time comes, you don't want to do power in Jesus' name. The money comes. Even if it comes for this semester, you will do it again for next semester. You will do it. Is that how you want to be living? Do you get what I'm saying? And then people that are praising power will now make people in wisdom look inferior. And then you tell testimonies that happen once every 10 years. Do you get what I'm saying? Trickles. But then there's wisdom that you can be practicing. Now, there are times where you need the direct action or right of God, which means the Spirit of God releases power for the fulfillment of them. And then he even wants you, after that, to start operating in wisdom. It's almost like, go and sin no more. Do you get what I'm saying here? Power delivered you so that you can now start living in wisdom. So he can either pour power into you, which means tarry until you are endued with power from on high, or he can pour wisdom into you. Now, let me show you what we're saying here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. And that showed me, it said this. It says that the Jews seek a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews is a stumbling block, because to them is weakness, and to the Greeks is foolishness. But unto them that are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the word power of God and the word wisdom of God. So it says, who is a man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of his conversation. He says, his works with the meekness of wisdom. He says, for this knowledge came from heaven. It didn't come from the earth. Which means he was endued with knowledge. So what God is saying is, you tarry and either impart power into you, or I'm going to impart wisdom or both of them into you for the fulfillment of this thing that I've told you. All right? So you want to build, let's say, a great family. He says, I'll teach you how to do it. All right? I'll give you a promise that your seed shall be mighty. They will be known all over, but then I will give you the wisdom of what to do inside that house for this scripture to be fulfilled. And some of the things he can tell you is that, I mean, like Kenneth Fagin said, he said he saw friends 
all his friends in ministry, good ministers, their children backslide and have nothing to do with ministry. He said the reason was they held certain conversations in front of those people about what other ministers did to them that caused those children to no longer respect ministers. I'm telling you, somebody came to meet me and told me, if I, if I tell you things I face in terms of, I say, we are doing a, a meeting. Minister, so, so one guy told me, said, Pastor, you shielded us from all these things. I said, because I will not do anything in front of, say anything, all right, that will make anybody now wake up that can't handle it. And when a minister is preaching, he starts looking at them like, okay, do you get what I'm saying here? Because we will not just have an understanding of it. I mean, let me give an example here. Peter was not disloyal to Jesus. Peter was ignorant. Jesus told him, he said, look, let's tarry until you are in. He says, let's tarry. Watch and pray. He said, lest you fall into temptation. Peter would say, no, 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 there's no problem. I can't can do it. He said, look, this thing, watch and pray. What Jesus was saying was that if he didn't watch and pray, he also would have fallen. So when Peter did not watch and pray and he fell into temptation and denied Jesus, it wasn't that he was a bad person inherently or he was disloyal all the while. He just didn't know for every new task you need grace. So he told him, go and strengthen. So if someone said, can you imagine? Can you imagine? That pastor denied Jesus thrice. He's now coming to tell us about grace. Do you get what I'm saying here? So in bringing this to a close, quickly, how then do we receive this substance? We hold fast the confession of our hope, which means there are confessions that we are making. Two people in this church have told me in the last four days, all right? So I cannot say, they've told me about maintaining their confession about things. One lost their job, another was working somewhere, okay, the job during COVID, the company, all right? Both of them, both of them, and I sent the testimonies to themselves. All right, so we can't disclose and read testimonies because of confidentiality, kind of companies there. But both of them, all right, one is being paid in, both of them are now earning in US dollars in Lagos from the jobs God gave them. In fact, the lady told me, she said, look at the confession and look at the job. Exactly the same thing. That when I was offered the job, they had to call United States of America and say we have to create another rule for this person. And the chair, the vice president of it had to personally approve that rule from America for it. And it says, I had my confession. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, now, some people have confessed and confessed and nothing happens. The reason is, what people don't know, is that in the process of working with God, some people got the substance of that thing into them. Some people didn't get the substance into them. Some thought it was just mechanical, without any fellowship with God. Do you get what I'm saying? I say, but I wrote it down. I've been saying it now. I've been saying they live anyhow, but they say I've been saying it. See, so let me tell you. Let, let me show you this quickly. Hebrews chapter, quickly chapter chapter 6 and verse 19. It tells us that this, I want to show you that. It says, this hope we have as an anchor to the soul, 
So we're saying that both sure and steadfast and enters into that within the veil. Now, if God has made a promise to you, let me tell you this, a thousand may fall to your left, 10,000 to your right, it doesn't concern you because they may not have the promise. Do you get what I'm saying here? You got a promise from God, you stay with what God is saying. The woman with the issue of blood, people were touching Jesus, they were sick, nothing was happening. She said to herself, if I will touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole because she had heard something before she went to touch. Those people did not hear. Even Peter, the apostle, did not know because when it happened, he said, what are you talking about, Jesus? Do you get what I'm saying? A promise is a very personal thing and it individualizes you. All right? So you hold fast to that, regardless of what is going on, but you're holding fast to it until, all right, something happens. And there's an impartation of that grace on the inside of you. So people can be saying negative stuff, but you hold fast your own confession. But that confession itself, you're holding off your hope, all right? And you constantly until there's that contact that is made. Now, it tells us this hope, we have an anchor to our soul, both sure and steadfast, and takes us within the veil, all right? Hebrews put it, put it there, 619, all right? With her, entering the way, without the forerunner, Jesus, verse 20, has gone in, being made a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now, that within the veil, all right, is entering into heaven itself. In other words, when you carry this promise and you're making a demand, you praise God and you enter into the place of prayer concerning it, and you get, as you're praying over it, you get into a, all right, a particular space, you actually enter, your spirit man enters into the very presence of God, heaven itself, and what heaven is doing is there's a link there and it's transferring into your account or into your heart the spiritual substance to cause that thing to happen when you get into the heaven. So there's that transference. It's like this. God is magnetic. You are not. You are metallic there. You're coming. You are rubbing the thing, rubbing, all right, in the presence of God. Half of the time, when you go back, you now are magnetic. But you've got to understand that the more you use your own magnetism there, the thing will win. So you constantly have to come back. Do you get what I'm saying? That's why let me tell you this. If you are not careful. If in the past you spent a lot of time with God, you will see you get certain things done that now you are looking. How in the world did all that happen? And you are no longer at that level, which means that you are wondering how bold you are. How was I just bold? I just went to a place, knocked on their door. I said, listen to me, I need a job, and they gave you. Now you can't even, you can't even get up from where you are. You're just there crying, I have no job. How did I do it six years ago? That thing was rubbing. Now you've gotten to the place where you are now confident in yourself, you are standing alone. When you rub like that and there's a transference, you go out, things just begin to happen. I mean, at times I've looked back when I went to invite Archbishop Bessie, I said, how did, I, how did he end time to me? Just to be going to Benin, I didn't know anybody, a young person, I went to knock. How did he end time? What is, how did this thing enter? And sometimes, let me tell you this, let me say this to you. If God, because there are some things you don't know about, if God knows there's trouble coming that you have no knowledge about, once you enter into his presence, he holds you there. Stay here. You can get up and say, oh, there's nothing, and be going. He was trying to transfer something to you because he knows that days coming, you're going to be this thing. And if you stay there, when it happens, look, there's somebody, he doesn't talk about, someone sent to me from America, I didn't know a friend of his, doesn't, he spoke at Platform. He doesn't talk about it because of the nature of the thing. But one day he was to enter into a plane. 
and the plane crashed. Only one person survived. But what happened to him was that he fell asleep. And all his friends got up. You know it's unusual for your friends who are going to fly together to leave you on the bed. Shouldn't they wake you up? And they left. He ran when he woke up. Everybody had gone to tell the teacher. So they carried him in the car. By the time he got there, the plane had taken off. He doesn't talk about because of that. But when the lady told me, I didn't say anything to her. His father was one of the 70 people that used to pray with Bishop Oedepo from 1979 to 1982 that birthed living faith. You see, in those times, you can pray things 30 years away. When they told me I just left, I said, I said, I said, I said, I said, I said these people don't know what they're saying. So let me close here. So, so quickly. All right, it says Hebrews 9, 24. Let me show you going to heaven itself. It says that Jesus, Hebrews 9, 24, quickly. All right, for Christ is not entered into holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into what? Heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. Now what's in heaven? It tells us again in Hebrews 10, 34. It says, you took joyfully, you, you had compassion on me in your bonds, Hebrews 10, 34, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves you have a more enduring substance where in heaven. So he gives you a promise. You go within the veil, that enduring substance. You know, the Bible says it's more precious than silver and gold. Silver and gold cannot get Dockers back. Silver and gold cannot get Lazarus back. What with one word brought Lazarus back? With one word, Dockers came back. Silver and gold cannot do it. Silver and gold cannot. If silver and gold could build a great corporation, then everybody who was born privileged should be the owners of these great corporations. It is innovation. It's wisdom. Wisdom says that. It says, by me, men have come into witty inventions. It's not silver and gold. People are making excuses about things on the outside. It's the impartation of something on the inside that makes you know how to get things done, that makes you see all right things. And the hindrance to this, that's what Jesus taught in Mark eleven twenty two. 22. He said, have faith. Have you not the faith of God? Mark eleven twenty two. 22. He says, have faith in God, but the literature says, have you not the faith of God? You see, there is faith in God and then there's the faith of God. I can have faith in God for something, but I don't have the faith of God for it. Which means I believe God can do something, but I don't have the substance in me to get that thing done. But I believe God can do it. And Jesus said, that's not what we are talking about. Have faith, the faith of God in you. You are not saying God. Because the next verse, he didn't mention God at all. He didn't. There's nowhere in his public ministry, no public ministry of Jesus that he stood and said, they came to me and said, there's a problem. He said, well, let us pray. He will speak. He prayed in the closet. That's why when they came to meet him, they said, why didn't we cast out the demon? They thought he was principal. They didn't know his principal was to release substance. When you lay your hands, you are transferring substance. It's not that you, you, the, the act of laying hands is what gets the sick healed. All right? So, so they, they just thought that, I mean, do, and that's the number of people just think it's, it's, it is the substance you are transferring. And it's the hours you have spent with God that counts. So he went on and said, if you have faith, this substance, you will say to this mountain. He didn't say God. He said, be thou removed, you will not doubt your heart, but believe what you are saying will come to pass. What are you going to have? You will have what you are what? Saying. 
So by saying it, you are releasing. How did you get to the point where you believe totally? It's because something entered into you. How did it enter? He now said, let me show you. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, he says, what sort of things you desire when you pray, believe, you receive, and shall have. What he's telling you is that when you, the same way I said, tarry until you are endued with power from on high, he says, take my promise and stay in my presence with my promise until you know you have gotten it. There is a place in prayer that you know you have gotten something. There is a place in prayer when heaven deposits the substance into you. That is what those old patriarchs knew that the new charismatics don't know. That is, they will go to the mountaintop and stay there. And once they stay there, they come. They don't know too many scriptures, but what they know, they carry it to God and say, God, are you telling me this won't happen? Are you saying it won't happen? And they will stay there until they know it has happened and come down. And when they come down, they come with the wisdom to make it happen. They come with the power to make it happen. But they stay there. Someone told me, he said, well, you know, someone in church in England, we were praying. He said, why are we praying over something over and over? That was just pray once and be thanking God. I said, show me in the Bible where somebody prayed once. In the Bible. And just said, so how do you know you got it? Just say, shepherd, 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 shepherd. Father, I thank you. We've received it. Even Jesus, when the first time, he didn't get it. When the second time, he didn't get it. On the third time, he got it. Elijah stayed in prayer until he got it. There is a place in prayer where you know the substance has entered. I have it. And then it tells you what's the hindrance to that substance? Unforgiveness. That the reason why people are there for three... Look, a friend told me, said, what about time? I said, nothing can exceed 40 days, according to the Bible. Because Jesus himself built the most powerful ministry with 40 days of prayer and fasting. Nothing exceeds 40 days. Daniel, 21 days. These three days, all right? Nothing exceeds it to get that substance. Do you get what I'm saying? But what will make it long is you refuse to forgive. And when I say forgive, I'm not saying big things people do to you. I'm saying any small thing that has happened, that has made you change your state of heart. When you forgive somebody, you will know something broke in your spirit. Because you turn in the place of prayer and pray certain things into the life of that person. There was a woman who said she was praying. They tried to get her healed. She couldn't get healed. She came back about a week after and she, was she had changed. She said, look, lay hands on me. Charles Price asked her. He said, what happened that you got healed? So he said, I was praying. I went back, I was disappointed. I didn't have faith. God, I told him, your servant too doesn't have faith. So I started praying and looking to his face because he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek. He rewards with that substance. Since when I was there, rewarded, he reminded me that in the, church, in the teens church, I was a teacher. That's why, listen, that's why competitive people move away from them. Listen, that's why people like Abraham, they knew strife will stop the substance. The minute they saw strife, they said, move. Once there's a competitive person, give social distance. Immediately. Don't hate, pray for them, but keep social distance because they will create strife. That's why Isaac, once he saw strife, that thing will block it. Listen, once I see a minister that is competition, that's the end. Me and Betty, social distance. I'll be greeting you, I can go, but me and you do better. I don't do. I don't like competitive people. I don't like. She said she got there inside the Chin's church. The old children were happy she was teaching. This new teacher came in and started giving gifts to children. Of course, you know what you are doing to the children. 
By that time, all the children now followed the teacher. When it comes, and that she developed a resentment towards that teacher. And God said, get rid of that, and you'll get the substance. She did it. She said, within a matter of minutes, she just changed. Said, I got it. All right? And some people, let me say this, because while I was praying, God told me, is your spouse you're holding something against? Let me just say, is your spouse. Inside you, you resent your spouse for something that happened. You are smiling in the house, but it's blocking that thing. That's why the Bible says you are heirs together of the grace of life. That's where the grace is getting cut off in the, in the closest relationship. No matter what the person did to you, let it go. Do you get what I'm saying? Let, listen, the price is too heavy. Your future is at stake. Everything holds on this. That's why it says follow peace with all men. And holiness, holiness means separation to God for that thing, without which no man shall see God. Do you get what I'm saying here? And how do you get rid of it? Find out what your spouse or anybody close to you wants the most in their life. Start praying it into their life. Then you got it right. Do you get what I'm saying? Not that when the business doesn't work or they start, yeah, I knew inside my heart. After the way you treat me, no, I knew. I knew. Huh? That's what the Bible calls a man's enemies are those of his house. I must say it's not working because your husband and wife is your enemy. Before you get to one, say, hey, 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 I found the witcher, the wizard that is doing me. The message is for you. In other words, if you heard it and it affects you, then you are the enemy, not the other person's your enemy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I preached before in this place. Christmas message. Christmas. How Joseph was thinking to put away his wife. And somebody wrote me after. Finally, I got the word on how to put my wife away. I'm not joking. I'm not telling you a lie. I'm not telling you. There's nothing people can't do with Bible. They said the revelation just came. And he wrote it on Christmas Day. I preached it in Lagoon. Christmas message. He's used it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every single person under the sound of my voice. What they are reaching to you for in heaven, be it the promise or the substance, grant it unto them this week in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.